All right, we are back. Welcome to episode four. The purpose of these podcasts are to inspire hope and to share tools and experiences that uh, I personally have gained over the years that have helped me deal with some of my challenges of like ADHD, anxiety, and depression, and also talk with others and listen to their stories and the things that they've found helped them in their life. And the idea is to help people feel heard and seen and create a community of people that are open to share what they're going through and how they're going through it and the things that they've seen that have worked in their life and things that haven't worked so that we can all just, you know, learn from each other and work together to just live a beautiful life. So today I had a couple of thoughts, but my, I wanted to talk about just time. Time is a weird thing. It, it makes you feel a lot of different things. And I, I know that sounds <laughs> obvious, but the, 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 when you think of time, there's, there's really two ways that you can think about it. There's, there's, you know, a very limited mindset where like I'm running out of time and there's a very abundant, abundant by mindset where you feel like you have all the time in the world. And when you have anxiety and depression, I feel like the view and the way you explain time to yourself has a huge impact on just your mental state. And I mean, one of my own experiences just from elementary school, I can remember, you know, I think I was eight at the time and I was, I think I was like halfway through the school year and I remember feeling like I was running out of time for the school year. And, and that feeling of like running out of time made me feel like I wasn't doing very well. And I'd come home and I'd panic and I'd tell my mom, I'd, I'd say, Mom, I, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm not doing well at school. I'm going to fail. I am going to not be able to make it. And I, and I just had this like crazy thought process and it would just go on repeat and I wouldn't be able to settle down and I'd have to, ultimately what would happen is my mom would have to schedule like a parent teacher conference and, and we'd go in and I'd sit in a chair and my mom would look at the teacher and say, he feels like he's failing. Is he failing? And the teacher would generally laugh and be like, no, he's doing great. He has like A's and B's. He's actually really smart, participates in class and all that kind of stuff. And I, and that scenario would happen all through school. And it was just interesting because the way that I would explain like my current situation was just was just like wild. Like my, my explanatory style was negative. I I thought that I wasn't smart enough, wasn't doing well enough and wasn't learning as fast as the other kids. And I carried that for a really long time. And 
the big factor was just how I explained just my time, my view on time was that I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't progressing. Another example of this is just right now when we look at social media, it it makes us feel that all over again or, or social media or even like the thought of comparison. One of the, one of the really tough things that, that I think all of us deal with is like this, this need to compare ourselves to everybody around us. And, and again, it's, it, it all, I feel like revolves around time. When you look at somebody that's successful and you see the car they have, the house they, they have, the family they have, and you're like, you know, they, they may be older than you. They may be the same age as you. They may be younger than you. And it can feel like you like missed the boat and you're like, well, I don't know if I can achieve that. Like I can never have what they have or I'm out of time. You know, I, I've talked to people that have this this feeling that, you know, they're out of time. And I, and the, those, those people range in age. Like I have even felt that way, you know, at 29 years old, I'm young, I'm very young and it can feel like I've even ran out of time. You know, if I look at some of my friends or people that I knew growing up and stuff and see everything that they've accomplished, I can be like, wow, I've like, I've missed the boat. Like I miss those those years where I was supposed to leverage my time to be able to create a impressive future or whatever. And that's just like a terrible way to view it. It, it creates a narrative of permanent and pervasive thoughts, which, which is a way that you explain the world around you. You think that, you know, you, you, you missed your your you missed the time and so now you can never have what they have because you ran out of time which is just like totally absurd um and and i know a lot of people deal with that I, you know if you especially now everybody just sees these perfect little snapshots of especially now everybody just sees these perfect little snapshots of of people's lives and it's it it makes you feel like everybody else is doing better than you and then it makes you feel like you can never achieve it and that's just not true there's so many stories and examples of people that have turned their life around in their like in their later years, you know, after the age of 40 and they've created beautiful lives or accomplished incredible things. And, and I think the biggest factor is just your viewpoint. And I'm trying to get this idea across, but I, I think I'm, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm doing it 
a great job, but bear with me. I'm reading a book called Learned Optimism. And Learned Optimism is by this PhD, Seligman, and he pioneered a large part of what's considered cognitive therapy now. And he did this back in like the, the like through the sixties, through the nineties and, and so on. And to that point, everybody viewed psychology either like through a behavioral lens. So it was a, very, a lot of Freudian psychology, which basically was like, well, if you're depressed, there's something repressed inside of you that's causing this depression and it's and it's this whole thing and 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 peter seligman's theory is is different it's it's this idea that the way that you explain the world around you affects whether you're depressed or or not and it also affects how long you stay stay depressed and so when we talk about time the way that we talk about time and view time has a massive impact on on us. It can, you know, either make us feel hopeful or helpless. And Seligman coined this term learned helplessness, basically that the helplessness and the bleakness that somebody can feel comes from a series of life experiences that make you feel like your efforts are futile. Like what you do has zero impact on what your future becomes. And so he like did it a whole experiment. He did it with dogs first and then later rep repeated the trial on, on humans. And, and it's just, for me, it's super interesting. So he took three dogs and the, and it was shock therapy or a, a shock test on these dogs. And what happened was he had one dog that, you know, had was a control. So he didn't have any shock administered to him. And then he had another dog that was put in a box and he had shock administered to him, but he had an ability to turn the shock off. And so he would press the button and the shock would go away. And then that dog was then tethered to another dog in another box that also had like a button and that dog could press the button, but it, nothing would happen. And he would just get shocked and he would just get shocked and shocked and shocked. And he, that dog learned that, you know, no matter what he did, where he sat in the box or did, he would just get shocked. And so that dog would ultimately sit down or lay down and just kind of give up. So then they would take these same three dogs and they'd put them in a box that had a low barrier. And so it was like split in half and they would do this shock test. And the, the idea of the test was if a dog is getting shocked, they're going to find a way to escape the shock and they would jump over the low barrier and like save themselves from the shock. So the control dog that had no shock experience was put in a box. They administered the shock and very quickly he learned that he'd just jump over this small barrier and he wouldn't be shocked anymore. And then the dog that um, could control his shock um, did the same thing. He was in the box. He got the shock. He jumped over the barrier and, and it was, he was able to protect himself. But then the dog that 
was in a box that he just got shocked with no control and he couldn't do anything about it. He's in the same box as these other dogs. He could just as easily jump over that barrier, but they'd administer the shock and it was wild for them to see, but that dog would just lay down. The escape is just right over that barrier. He just has to jump over. But because of how he felt or how the, what he knew of the shock, he couldn't, they just gave up. And the, that just goes to show like there's, there's something to be said for this learned helplessness. I know for a lot of us, we go through a whole life of experiences and, you know, we go through tragedy and failure and defeat and we try and then we fail and we try and then we fail and it can be very very easy to create a narrative for yourself that is that that you're helpless that there's no hope that whatever you do you're gonna fail and that is you know your own self-talk that's how you're talking to yourself and the the crazy part is that the that same dog could then be taken out of that he can learn to not be helpless again but it takes and it and it takes a short period of time it just it just takes a couple of of experiences where he's coaxed to turn off his own shock and then he is given control again and then he gets it he's like okay i can i'm okay like i can escape shock moving forward and and you know that we're talking about dogs but i feel like this happens with people as well you know when i was young and even now i i can feel that that helplessness come on i can feel that that feeling of like what no matter what i do it will either never be enough or i won't be able to provide or or yeah, create the life that I need to for me and my family. And it's a lie and it's it's a very pessimistic way to explain the life around you. And so the the recognition that we need to have is that we are not helpless and the thoughts and emotions that we have well, the emotions that we have are, are dictated by the thoughts that we have. I, I strongly believe that. And so if you can get control over the way you think about the world around you and change the way you explain the world around you, then you can gain that control and that hope back. You can gain that happiness even and understand that you can you can determine your future based on the way that you view your life. And so the two ways that people think about their life is uh, a pessimistic viewpoint, which is everything is permanent and pervasive, meaning that everything that happens around you is because of who you are and it can never change and it'll always be like this, right? So if you feel like you're, in a depressed state or like you can't do something 
because of who you are or that you're failed because it's you and it's very personal to you. Well, that's a very pessimistic viewpoint and it's going to continue to, to breed more depression and make you feel more hopeless and helpless. And then the, the alternative that is having a more optimistic explanatory style where you are, where you explain everything around you as external temporary events. So for example, baseball player goes up to the plate and he gets struck out. The two examples would be the the pessimistic guy would be like, I'm just not very good at baseball or I'm not seeing the ball. Well, I like all of these different factors. It's a bunch of me. Like this is my fault, my problem. And it, it's very permanent, man. I, I don't know if I can, I can do this, whatever. And meanwhile, the optimistic guy will go up to the plate and he'll get struck out and he'll just say, man, that pitcher is, is throwing gas right now. Like he, he got me. I was seeing the ball well, but he, 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 right. Putting it on him was throwing very well. He was on fire. You know, I'll be ready next time. And so, you know, those two viewpoints, the, the result was the same. Both of them got struck out, but the the way that the two of them will talk to themselves and the way they'll explain that event will change their next events. Like the pessimistic guy will probably get struck out by more and more and more people. But the guy that has an optimistic explanatory style will be able to get out of that and bounce back. And, and I can't stress this enough. I, I even, even what I do for work, I, I deal with a lot of rejection every single day. And it's very easy to, you know, flip between, you know, being po pessimistic and optimistic. And the pessimistic side comes out when, you know, I knock doors for a living. I knock on a door and I get my face kicked in for multiple doors in a row. And it's very easy to be like, what am I doing this job? I suck at this job. I'm terrible. I'm not very good. And just continue these, these like perpetual negative talk. And then when I control my, my thoughts and I'm on the right track and I'm knocking doors, I'm s still getting, you know, a lots of no's, but anytime I get a no, it's, oh, uh, they're having a bad day. They didn't listen to me. It's all on them. Like it's never, it's never because of me. It's not me. It's not, they didn't reject me. They, they just weren't listening. And that's, and that's how I talk to myself. Oh, they just weren't listening to me that day. I'll, I'll swing. I'm always like, I'll swing back and catch them at a better time because now it's all on them and it doesn't affect me anymore. It's not, it's not that. I was the problem. It's that now was just not the right time for them. And the two thought processes are so different in, in just the way that you feel at the end of a day that, that if you can control the way that you explain the world around you, then you can control the way you feel. And that's something that I've learned a lot. And and it also has helped me feel better about just where I am at now.
if if you were to look at what everybody else has accomplished and is doing it's so easy to feel that you're you're failing or behind and that thought process is very pessimistic and it's very permanent and per- pervasive like you, that it, it, a permanent in a sense where if you feel like you're behind it can feel like you can't do anything you can do won't even get you ahead whereas if you're looking at the people around you and you see people that have achieved more than you have it needs to be refocused in a way that you're like, wow, they've achieved this because they've done this, this, and this. And then you can better understand that it took a lot of work for them to achieve what they have. And you have all the capability of doing that same amount of work. I feel like I was a little all over the place this time, but I, I hope, you know, that some of you guys can un- understand what I'm trying to express. What, what I'm trying to say is that your thoughts dictate your emotions and the way you talk to yourself dictates the way you feel. So if you are somebody that's, that's man, if you were to audibly hear the way that you talk to yourself and you were able to hear it in a way that, you know, like you, if you're t- saying to yourself that you suck, you're the worst, you'll never figure it out, you're failing, you're blah, blah, blah. If you're putting all of these thoughts, if you're making all of these thoughts and you're projecting them on yourself, of course you're going to feel terrible. But if you can change that narrative and and create a scenario where you are, not a scenario, but create a narrative where you are cheering yourself on using affirmative language where you are like, I'm, I am saying things to yourself. Like I am enough. I love myself. This is a great life. What, whatever it is, I can't stress enough how much that helps. You know, sometimes the only thing I can do in a day is, is just on repeat, just repeat the same thing in my head over and over again. And it's, And it's, I like myself, I love myself, I like myself, I love myself, I like myself, I love myself. And I'm just saying that all over and over and over again. And sometimes that's all you can do. But I promise when you do that, then you're taking control of, of, of your narrative and you're, you're taking control of your thoughts. And when you do that, it, it creates a positive, it creates positives in, in everything. It creates positives in the way you interact with people, creates positives in the way you feel about yourself, and it creates a positive in how you feel at the end of that day. And and I think because of how simple that is to just talk to yourself in a positive way, like if you just told somebody that's having a rough time to start, you know, walking around and saying to themselves that they love themselves, they like themselves, and and they just do that on repeat. It's a pretty simple thing, and it can feel so simple that it can, like that, it can't possibly help. But because of the way that, like 
your brain works if you're telling yourself that you're putting that positive information in your emotions are going to track with with that and and that's really what i'm trying to get across if you want to listen read the book i highly recommend it it's learned optimism by peter seligman or martin seligman sorry and and it, it's truly an incredible book it it can teach you how to recognize the explanatory style that you have and also create tools to be able to change the way that you talk to yourself. I'm almost done with it. I'll probably talk about it again on another podcast, but thanks for listening. This has been a fun one for me. I hope this was helpful for you guys as well. And the, the purpose of these is to create a community. If you're interested on being on a podcast with me and talking about your own mental health and the things that you've found that have helped you feel better and do better. I'd love to have you on because I think the more people that can share their experiences openly with everybody else and just have a little bit more vulnerability can help others. And it can help us create more lasting solutions for our life because I do believe that medication can help, but I think it's a catalyst for change or a tool for change. And it's, but it's not the solution. You need a, you need a much larger range of tools that can be used far beyond medication and to a point where I believe some people can be able to get taken off medication and that kind of stuff. Again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I'm just somebody that has some ideas that I hope can help uh, some of you. And if you want to support the channel or not the channel, if you want to support what I'm doing here in this podcast, please share this and follow us on Instagram at gotakeyourmeds.com. And yeah, if you want to be a part of this, reach out to me and I'd, and I'd love to have you on. I think there's smarter people than, than even me. <laughs> no, I, I think there's a lot of people that have some great insights and I'd love to just learn from anybody that I can. And if I can share what I learn with others and that can help them, I think that's kind of the best scenario. So remember, life is better with you here. Thanks for being with me.